Okay, welcome back once again to the Medical Missionary Podcast with me, your host, Tapiwa, and I am with Kitrien. In part one, we spoke about how she became a medical missionary, that fascinating story about the desire to be a heart surgeon, but yet God takes that and God actually now puts her in the front row seat to be able to see him, the master surgeon, doing heart surgery on people. Isn't that amazing? Welcome back, Kitrian. It's good to be back. Mm-hmm. Now, Kitrian, I have, I want to read, first of all, I have three quotes I want to read before I get into this part with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is from a book called Medical Ministry, page 49, paragraph 4, which says, Christ was a Seventh-day Adventist to all intents and purposes, right? Which, which is, I mean, it's true. Jesus kept the Sabbath. Jesus believed in his second coming. It's just that plain, right? <laughs> then, then in Councils on Health, 317, paragraph 4, it says, In every sense of the word, Christ was a medical missionary. Now, I find these first two statements interesting because then we find that by his lifestyle, Christ was a Seventh-day Adventist, and by his ministry, he was a medical missionary. In, I mean, in other words, really, every Seventh-day Adventist should be a medical missionary. Mm-hmm. It's plain and simple, yeah. right? Now, we also told the third statement from Medical Ministry 319, paragraph 1. It says, there is a great work to be done. How shall we reveal Christ? I know of no better way than to take hold of medical missionary work in connection with the ministry. So it's talking about revealing Christ. Basically, Ellen White was saying, I don't know of any better way than taking hold of medical missionary work. Right. Now, in your own personal experience, can you share some of the memorable experiences you've had since you you took hold of medical missionary work? Like, uh, what have you seen Christ doing? What What is some of this front row action that you've, you've seen? And how has it impacted you personally? Man, medical missionary work is not for the faint of heart. I say that literally meaning that you need to have a heart that is mended within Christ to do the work because it's one that calls for diligence. It's one that calls for a lot of prayer time and a firm relationship with the Lord. And don't take this as, oh, I'm disqualified. I can't be a medical missionary. But Actually, if you don't have this and you are yet pursuing this course, the Lord is going to form you to have that type of character as you're doing the work, which was a bit of my experience because obviously I I completed the course at Wildwood and now it was for God to heal me before I could deal with his people. Mm. Um, During my period here at Wildwood, I suffered from anxiety. And I was blessed to actually have a psychologist as my roommate who was able to help me through my anxiety. (laughs) But what I realized uh, through that, because I had suffered on my part of distrusting God, I was now going into a work distrusting God, but trusting him to help other people. How can you share a good news with someone when you yourself haven't experienced it? And so that was my experience to actually being able to share the work. Yeah. So it's interesting because you mentioned this aspect of 
God had to heal you mm-hmm. before He sends you to basically heal others through you. Right. Right. So it's kind of like the same as let's say I'm an alcoholic, and you know I can't go as an alcoholic and tell other alcoholics like, "Hey guys, you know." Right. <laughs> How does that happen? You know, you can stop drinking, right? But yet I'm still drinking. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a very interesting aspect then because I remember, I think before there's um, this study I was looking at and we came to this conclusion that broken people can hurt others. Mm-hmm. But usually, you know, when you're healed yourself, you're able by your own conviction to testify of the message that you're bringing. Exactly. Okay. All right. So that needed to take place for me. Mm-hmm. So how, how was that process for you? Oh, did that was difficult. I was able to go on a, a mission trip. Okay. Um, after finishing the advanced course, actually at Wildwood, mm-hmm. and previous to going on this mission trip, my anxiety had already kicked in. So, um, during the break of the the semester, I went home. And I just had this like terrible nightmare and I called my mother and she prayed with me. And one of my fears was at that time was, I don't think I could handle the end of time. It's a lot, you know, reading, studying, I'm seeing it. I'm like, Lord, I ain't, I ain't built for what you have coming. You know, I, I don't want to betray you, but I don't want to be caught in the fire. So I was very conflicted because I want to stand. I just didn't have the bearings to stand, obviously, because my link of distrust was there. I didn't resolve that. I didn't go to God and said, this is why and all of that. I didn't have that moment. Yes. But a mother's prayer, my mother came to me and she, we were talking. At that time, I didn't figure out that distrust link. But she said, there's going to come a time that I am not going to be by your side. And you're going to have to be able to stand. And that means having a relationship with God for yourself. Now, that was full of tears. We're Spanish by default. Uh, and so we were shedding the tears. But it kind of comforted me. So when I came back uh, to finish my last semester, again, I went into this panic mode. I want to flee. I want to run because, Lord, I don't know if I could handle what is to come. Okay. And okay. the blessing of the, the psychologist was, okay, I've, I've learned about this. Um, I've never experienced it before. So we're going to see how this works. Now, this is a psychologist who was trained by the world, now doing what God would do. So it wasn't, let's see what I was taught in my book. It's Open your hymna. Let's sing. Don't, don't run from God. Run to him. And I'm like, why are we running to him? This man done failed me. I didn't come here. I'm going back on the past. I'm like, see God, this is where it was. Mm-hmm. And so um, all of this is happening. And then I go through a calm. Okay. I don't feel any anxiety. I, I was reading my Bible a little more often, but then I started to slip because this, it's peaceful. I know I have that anxiety. Okay, okay. And we go on the mission trip, come back, and she has to leave. <laughs> oh, no. I am now, now there's a rule here. You don't put candles on in the rooms because obviously wood burned down. You and trying to have no, no drastic thing go down. That's right. 
I said, Lord, I'm going to put this plate under this candle with a little water just in case. I don't want to set nothing on fire. But what I, I looked at my, this, this psychologist as my comfort, my best friend, the, the go-to, the solver, and this solver is leaving. What am I going to do? And so I keep running from God, literally. I don't read no Bible. I, I talk to him, Lord, keep me today. And I'm out. Okay. Pandemic hits. I can't go back home. At least for now. And I am still running from God. Until I can't run no more. That's right. And I had to open my Bible. And he says, I want you to read Matthew 27 for me. I'm like, why you want me to read that? I read the entire, and Matthew 27 is quite long. <laughs> I read the entire thing. I'm crying. But I've now understood that cross means something even for me. My healing is to be found within that cross. Amen. Amen. And so upon finding that, my experience changed. Now, hint, hint, I had a little addiction to help my anxiety, mm -hmm. which was actually powdered items. So diatomaceous earth or cornstarch, those were my go-to. Those would literally calm me. I could sit down, eat a whole bag just to ignore that I have an issue with God. Okay. Okay. And that reduces because I've gone, I've spoken to God mm -hmm. and actually to today, if I don't spend time with God, it tells because I have instant anxiety. So it's like that dependent thing that I, I have to stay in connection. But now it's fun. It's not, oh, let me do it so I don't have anxiety. No, I am building a relationship with the Lord. And I'm depending on him to carry me through because his people need to be saved. That's and right. me slipping up is hindering others who probably through my means need to meet him. Amen. And so... With that, it led to beautiful experiences of being able to talk to people in the community in Aruba. Okay, okay. Where I serve full-time. Okay. I went home the summer of 2020, and I needed a break. I was quite tired um, after running all that marathon. And not because my grandmother has a, a ministry means automatic acceptance. No, it went through the board. They talked about it. And then I was instated to uh, work with them Okay. as one of the medical missionaries. Now we're just two of us. It's me and my grandmother. We are partners in crime. We sit down on every case together. And um, even for presentations, it's really between two of us. Wow. Um, okay. We do have full-fledged ministry, but majority of those members are full-time workers in the field out there. And the blessing is they go out, their lifestyle spreads the good news, and then we have all the clients in the world because of them. And so we've met different cases, but the last one that we've met was the most impactful. Okay. Um, we had a lady who apparently had the doctors told her that she needed to actually amputate her leg. And I'm 
By this time, all of that is going on with her. I have no idea who she is. My mother doesn't know who she is. I'm okay. sitting down in a consultation with another gentleman trying to help him, him get his lifestyle on the track with the Lord. And my phone is ringing. And I'm like, why? Out of all days, why today are you ringing the most? And it's my mother. Now, if you know the rules, for mothers, you don't reject calls. That's right. That's right. Very dangerous. That's trouble. Yes. Carried, it's always life of death. She carried you for nine months. I'm telling you. You can never miss a call. <laughs> so I excuse myself. And as we said, as I said, we sit two by two. So I told my grandmother, let me just take the phone. Let's, let me see what's going on. And my mother relates, there's this lady who is working with her mm -hmm. that uh, is in the hospital. She didn't know. Apparently, I met this lady before, actually. And they want to amputate her leg. And I'm like, okay, so what, what are we medical missionaries going to do if they want to amputate her leg? Well, those on the job who have been exposed to the work that we do and the seminars that we run believes that we could help. Okay. And I'm like, these people believe that we could help this lady who the doctor said, your leg got to go. Yeah. I'd be, and I trust and believe that the Lord could do it. I love wow. my mother's Wow, there's your mother again, yeah. Right. And I said, okay, so can we see her today? I'm like, today we, we have to see her? Yes, because it's serious. And so after work, she comes, she picks me up. It's a Wednesday. Could never forget the day. It was the first of of uh, the first month of January, twenty sixth. Was a Wednesday. I could be wrong, but in between the twenty sixth and the twenty seventh, we sat with this lady. Mm -hmm. I have a translator now. I'll save that story for translation later. But I have a translator translating from Creole, Haitian Creole, uh, to uh, Papiamento, which is our language on the island. Okay. To tell me what's going on. And so she had a wound and the wound got infected and it, her foot is now swollen. They themselves have went out trying different remedies that people tell them, hey, this should help bring down the swelling in the foot. Okay. Now, we already have language barrier because they are not local to the island. So whatever these doctors are saying also is, is you know, lost in translation for them because... Um, Again, we do have some local doctors, but then you have also those who are neighboring from the nearby island. So yeah. we have, you tend to have those Spanish doctors that are in, and so you're just trying to make sure you are passing on the right information. And the battle was the legs no longer good. It needs to go else you lose your life. She says, no. If I'm going to lose my life, then I'd rather lose it with both of my legs or both of my feet are on, then... Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll wait on your husband. The husband comes and he says the same thing the wife says. <laughs> and so this is fate. We, <laughs> she going with both of them. And so they said, okay, then we want you to know that you can't come back here. We've offered you the help. You are not taking it. And we're going to have you sign this paper. That when you leave, just know you can come back. I don't know if that's legally possible. Wow. But that happened. And so here am I, hearing all of this backstory to be able to help this lady. 
And then they say, do you want to see the foot? Because all this time she's laying down and the foot is covered. And they lift the sheet off of her feet. Wow. What a stench. I kid you not. I don't, I, it's not to gross nobody out, but the sheet kept the scent really well covered. Wow. This foot is inflamed. It is, it's just all over the place. It's no, there's no open wound or anything, but it's so swollen that, you know, hmm, what's happening here isn't right. So I start thinking, cabbage water, drink that so that we could get that inflammation out through the urine. And uh, we need to start detoxifying now. I go home, I get charcoal. I told her, you're going to do some charcoal for three days. You're going to fast. I don't want you eating anything, not even fruits. Straight up water. And um, we have to do an immediate change of diet. Now, this is obviously after getting some backstory on what diseases yes, yes, she has. Uh-huh. And I go home. I relate it to my grandmother. This is what we're looking at. And we're like, what we're going to do? Because obviously you hear of gangrene, you see pictures, but you never see the real deal. Yes, yes. So we're like, okay, charcoal works. We make some charcoal and some cayenne, put it in a poultice, put it on her feet. We left that night. By the morning that we returned, this thing is completely opened. Where the infection lies, charcoal just revealed it all, ripped it right open. We're seeing, I mean, we'll keep it nice. We're seeing everything. Everything that the Lord created the foot to have, we are exposed to. And we look at each other and we're like, what are we doing? (laughs) I know we are medical missionaries and we're trying to as much as possible, do what God has called us to do. But mm-hmm. this one just seems out there. Mm. And I don't know if this was my grandmother's sentiment, but I was definitely feeling like, what am I? Mm. Maybe, Lord, <laughs> maybe, Lord, this wasn't the case for me. <laughs> anyway, we um, start calling uh, friends. Now, a blessing is that we've had we we have a circle that you have people that you work with. You had we had okay. a, a medical missionary obviously here in the states that we were taking reference from, and we had a podiatrist. Okay, okay. We call this podiatrist. We were like, this is the case. Look at this foot. I mean, this is your field. What are we doing? And he says, okay, you need to do such 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 such. So we're going through with a such, such, such. And he says, she needs to do an immediate blood test so I could see the levels to know what's going on with the body based on the diseases that she does suffer with. Okay. We do all of that um, while still following. By now, this lady is completely plant-based. Straight, same day. Now, she wants healing. She doesn't kick or fuss about anything that we say, uh, which I thank the Lord. Praise the Lord. That was her, her outlook. And we are doing what needs to be done. Everything seems to be going the way it should. Okay. A Sabbath morning, during this time, I am helping uh, the mission uh, the mission of Aruba conduct a medical missionary training school. And one of my students happened to be giving a talk on mental health that Sabbath, so she invites me. And I'm like, okay. Now, I clean this lady's foot every day. 
Okay. At least twice a day. So I go for the early morning and me and my mother are tattooing this foot. We put the foot in the solution and by the time we're ready to take it out, worms crawling up her leg. Oh. oh, wow. We look at each other. I learned well in school. You do not give away facial expressions. That's right. So I am smiling all the way through and in, inside I'm thinking, Lord, what is taking place? Wow. We said, give us a moment. We went outside. We prayed. We called my grandmother and we're like, so we have worms. Um, what do we do now? I tell you, we literally spent the entire Sabbath with her. With this worm, we are now talking to a doctor's assistant. We are talking to the podiatrist. And the answer is emergency room. That foot needs to be cut. And the lady does not want amputation. She doesn't she want amputation. She made it clear. So we are talking and, and this goes over to her. And she simply calmly says, I thank you for all that you've done for me up to this point. We are not going to do the emergency room. I don't want to. I am going to trust God on this. You don't have to come back. Thank you so much. You've done a lot. Wow. We look at each other. Mind you, we, we the medical, she has no idea what we're doing. We're the medical missionaries. I don't know how the others was feeling, but I felt so ashamed that my faith was, it wasn't even a mustard seed. It couldn't be found. <laughs> but her faith was huge and something that she couldn't even see. And we all buckled down. We prayed. And the answer was, by God's grace, as he gives you the faith, we would continue doing the treatments with you. Okay. We're going to no emergency room. Our podiatrist says, thank you, but no thanks. I ain't on this case with y'all no more. Nothing wrong. Hey, that's okay. Everyone has their limits. <laughs> but y'all y'all got this. Wow. And so we call up uh, Brother Maimon Wilson and... He gives us the extra boost to continue. And for anyone that knows him knows he goes in those most gruesome cases. And so this was like chicken, chicken feet for him. Um, which I'll tell a, a, a little piece of this story at the end. And so he tells us what we need to get. My mother has anxiety. And so she's up every night in all the medical natural books you could find to trying to figure out how we could solve this. And she does a natural tea. Instantly brings down the swelling from the foot. Uh, Maimon tells us that worms means that they're eating away at the dead flesh. So don't fear. Those are your friends. Mm -hmm. And push forward. Start using these different herbs. And we go forward. I'm telling you, if you see the foot today, I thank the Lord. She has indeed lost four toes. Um... But but she hasn't lost a leg. She hasn't lost a leg. And she's appreciative about that. Now, sometimes she would think, man, what a position to be in. But the fact is, she still has her life. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you, you know, there's also like an object lesson to that, because 
sometimes you wonder what if that lady earlier on before it got to that critical stage had been at least in that position to to get that kind of help hmm. and then it makes me think even for us in our own walk with God sometimes we don't need to wait until we're at a critical stage exactly but unfortunately you know humanity we tend to be so stubborn and stuck mm-hmm. in our ways and oftentimes God's way is the very last thing we try because we're just like ah everything else failed like me running 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 <laughs> until you can't run no more and uh-huh. that's basically what she couldn't do she couldn't run no more it was i ain't doing what the doctor is saying yeah. but i can't run from god and if i'm trusting him then i'll trust him the whole way yeah. idea of great faith mm-hmm. um so all goes well and we literally see the foot do natural amputation um the podiatrist before he left us taught me how to this is so when i'm thinking back on it this is so amazing he taught me how to actually um cut some of the dead flesh off of the foot so that we could speed up the healing process so while this is being done the toes are already detaching so we're we're thinking okay let's just take the toes off get this thing over with and she this is the only request she asks you could cut anything else off just leave the toes leave them detach on their own i'm like okay fine you know that saves me i don't want to be held accountable for nobody toes and wow i realized that the toes were actually holding us back it was a blessing in disguise at the same time as well but it was actually protecting the new flesh that was coming from underneath while the old flesh hanged over it and when the new flesh had been completely restored on the knees then it fell and i'm like this is no that same day i happened to be praying and i'm telling my grandfather as he's carrying me to to clean the foot i want these toes to fall off now that's crazy <laughs> i'm here acting for people you're to pray for the toes to fall off and when i walk in toes are off and i thanked the lord now obviously previously to me coming she was crying and i must say this for anyone who has uh the experience of working in the field as a medical missionary you need a full family support that's right because if you don't have a family support it's difficult to work with the person because they're also being encouraged by their family to either go the opposite way or to stay on the path that they need to stay on and she was blessed because her husband was in full encouragement to this process um and so when the toes fell he would happen to be there with her and she's crying and he says why are you crying this is a blessing healing is coming and that dries up her tears and i come in and i'm praising the lord because we could finally see the process of the foot being completely healed which we are currently at but that's after a whole year and a half wow wow and you know this is amazing because obviously this is one of those cases where not everyone walks into such a case but it goes back to what you shared before about your own relationship with the lord needs to be mm-hmm. at that place where cases like this show you that 
there's nothing you can do. Exactly. But that actually you need power from on high to mm-hmm. be able to help. Because mm-hmm. even just thinking about it, I was thinking like, oh no, like uh, just even I wasn't there, but just the thought of it, yep. it's like, nah, I, w- I wouldn't want to be there. No. Um, but again, you kind of see that going from a place of no hope mm-hmm. to a place of hope. And I can imagine as well for you, you, you did some praying. I did not time. praying and crying. <laughs> I promised God everything on this earth. <laughs> and which also taught me a lesson. You don't go desperate on God because he knows what he's putting you in. It's you that have to trust the process because it's forming your character, which, which I learned on uh, my recent mission trip that under pressure is how diamonds are are formed. And at that time, I didn't realize the the diamond that he was forming to be able to enjoy the experience that I had currently. Um, uh, Just to add this, Maimon ended up coming to the island to help us uh, with some training, uh, giving some classes actually. And hey, let me see the lady with the foot. And, you know, he's never actually dealt precisely with a case like that. He was just going off of some of his experience and then hoping that this would be, you know, successful. Okay. And I'm like, look at fate. <laughs> look at fate. He had fate. This woman had fate. And we were just here riding on these people's fate because <laughs> one of the things you would realize in, in the work even as medical missionaries, sometimes it's not your faith that brings the healing. Sometimes okay. it's the faith of the person. And it's both a learning lesson and an experience that when you go into any work, somebody's faith is going to have to be there so that the work could continue. That's right. So Praise the Lord. Well, yeah. thank you for sharing that, that uh, super experience. And we hope that, you know, if anything else, we hope that that lady's confidence in God is such that that no matter what happens, mm-hmm. and of course we have we have this hope that when Jesus comes, mm-hmm. she's gonna have toes that will never fall off again. Amen. And so that that's a beautiful picture of restoration. Yeah. So thank you so much, Kitrian, for sharing that super experience of the field work. Yes, praise God. <laughs> it's really Him. It's only Him. Amen. Amen.